coming up on The Dr. John Deloney Show. I think this is a good question that a lot of couples have. And by a lot, you mean you and your husband. Go ahead. How many times a week should a couple have sex? Uh, 10, 11. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, you're welcome, gentlemen. You're welcome. What's up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show, the greatest mental health and marriage and relationship and parenting podcast show ever. So glad that you joined us. If you want to be on the show, give me a buzz at 1-844-693-3291. And here's my promise. I'll always tell you the truth. Even when I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know. And I'm not going to talk at you. I'm going to talk with you. Just you and me sitting at a bar trying to figure this out. You and me having some nachos. Um, sitting down, sharing some chips and queso, saying, all right, what, what are we going to do next? Uh, here's what I would do next, right? So if you want to be on the show, give me a call or go to johndeloney.com slash ask, and um, we'll figure out what to do next. Let's go to Nikki in Chi-Town in Chicago. What up, Nikki? Hi. What's up? Um, not much. I'm excited to uh, get to talk to you and get your perspective on some situations that I'm going with very, right now. Very cool. Thanks for your trust. I'm grateful for you. What's up? Thanks. Um, so I am dealing with a little bit of uh, animosity and resentment towards my new husband's ex-wife. And I was kind of hoping to get your uh, perspective on how to just cope with that. Wow. Okay. Um, tell me about it. So my husband and I have been together for two years and married for two months. And between the two of us, we have five daughters. Um, so we are in a five daughters. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, have your, have your husband call the show. I just want to hug him. (laughs) Just want to hug him. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. Actually, uh, he met you a few years back, uh, during the entree leadership it. So ah, he okay, told me cool. to tell his old friend, John High. Hello. Uh, <laughs> and he didn't lead with, hey, there's six women in my house. At yeah, least get him a boy yeah. dog or something. All right. So we have a boy dog. He insists that the animals are male. So <laughs> he's I support that, man. I support that. All right. So yeah. he's got an ex-wife. He's been married just a couple of months. Tell me mm-hmm. about it. Five daughters. Yeah, five daughters. Um, so a couple of years ago when I came into the situation, um, him and his ex-wife were uh, co-parenting, I, I think a little too well. They, <laughs> they were still doing like family things together. And um, so when I came in, I was like, yeah, that's going to change. I don't, <laughs> I'm not comfortable with like Christmas at your ex-wife's house. So things have slowly kind of, um, Wait, why? Boundary lines. Why? Why? Why are you uncomfortable with that? Um. And I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't be. I just. Why? You know, I think the issue for me was his co-parenting situation was polar opposite of my co-parenting situation. Um, my ex-husband's bipolar, and it's it's really hard to manage. And I've I've been on my own. Even when we were married, since the kids were born, I was basically a married single mom. And so coming from that situation into his situation where they still do like pumpkin patch picking together and, but she's in a relationship and he's in a relationship. It was, it was just uncomfortable. So that, that you landed there and I'm so glad you got there. It sounds like they have figured out a way to be divorced and move on with their lives and still be adults for their kids. Yes, yes. And possibly um, possibly a mesh, possibly is still too weird. Um that's that uh, that would be a whole other conversation with them too just to yeah. listen to how they've arrived at where they've arrived, but the number of people I talk to across the country who cannot or in your most people end up in your situation. I cannot get my spouse to do my ex to do anything remotely like an adult or they're struggling mm-hmm. with mental health issues or they just disappeared or whatever. What is it? Are, are you jealous of her? And it's okay if you are. Just be honest. Are you jealous of her? Are you jealous of their former relationship? Or do you love her, him? And you're like, there's that weird gnawing feeling that he had a thing with her once? Like, what? what is um, it? There's definitely a jealousy okay. underlying there. 
Um, but where, where we're landed at today is the relationship has dissolved and there's no more co-parenting and it's very her side, our side. And, um, she's starting to be very childish and being friends with the kids instead of being a team with us. And I think I, I would assume on her part, that is because, you know, there are issues there with me. Well, you, Um, you broke up their team. You said, you said this team isn't, can't play like this anymore. Not with me in the picture. And so the team, she's going to feel like (laughs) he decided that their co-parenting arrangement was no good. And he picked you over her. Yeah. So part of the jealousy issue was because when we first met, he told me early on that two months before he met me, she was, she wanted him back and he had said no. Okay. So then I was increasingly more uncomfortable, you know, doing anything. uh, So let's, let's clear this up. They are linked forever. Right. And by marrying him, you have to deal with her. Yeah. And so you can fight that forever or you can make peace in your soul. And here's the deal. If he goes back to her one day, let's say that happened. It's not going to, Mm -hmm. but let's say it did. Mm -hmm. Your paranoia and frustration and jealousy and anger, and I don't like that. None of that will help that. It will only accelerate it. I think that's where we've landed is the things that she has done from the beginning are wrong and offensive and I have every right to be mad, but where I'm kind of realizing is Like what? Like what? Um, like when we first got together, she did a background check on me and absolutely. I would do the same thing. I would do the same thing. I want to know who's in the lives of my kids. Absolutely. I don't think that's weird at all. If she hid it from you and lied about it, okay. But you have to understand, you're like, you know what I mean? Would you trust some strange woman with your kids? Like, you'd want to know, right? That yes, but I don't think she, like, I don't think she needed to share my debt. Like, that was her digging because she knows he's big into Dave Ramsey and big on debt-free. That, that's and, fine. That's fine. Okay, yeah. so she was, she was, she handled that immaturely. Yeah. But why are so you giving she, her rent-free space in your head? Yeah, that's what my, <laughs> my husband keeps at. He says, like, I don't understand how you could be so stuck on something that happened two years ago. And it's like, well, it's because she's kind of like a trigger at this point. And no, things that you're, I'm trying- al- you're allowing her to. Why? Why are you giving her this power? What is it about her? Is she beautiful? Is she rich? Is she wonderful? I mean, what is it? When you when you hold her up, you see yourself as less than. Why? Um, I don't necessarily see myself as less than. I I just feel like there's things in the situation that I can't control. Yes, and you can't control her deciding to be friends with her kids. No, and, and I can't. can't control her like teaching the kid like. We're to a point where the children see every single thing their mom does is correct and every single thing their dad does is wrong. Great. That's a season and that will shift. And then one day it will be everything dad does is the best ever and you're their best friend and mom's the worst. Like it's not a competition at this point. We're trying to raise well kids who have grown up in trauma Mm -hmm. and... Um, have a very confusing childhood between whatever one, two, three years led to a divorce and then this weird, we're still kind of a family, but not really. And then mom's Mm -hmm. with somebody else. And then, oh, suddenly dad's with somebody else. Like that's trauma for kids. Right. And so if they connect with a parent, that's normal. They're going to do that. Trying to fight that or be frustrated by that is you comparing yourself. Why don't they like me as much as her? Or why don't they like us as our rules are, but man, that's just, that's, that's just throwing angst into an already angsty situation, situation. Can't control it. If she's abusing them or if she's um, not following the court orders or she is making, putting them in situations where they're not safe. Yeah, man, I'm all in on that. But if she just feeds a McDonald's every time, it's frustrating and maddening. And there's going to be a re-entry point every time they come back to your house, right? Or like, mom doesn't make us do that. I know, but I do. Dad does. Yeah, it's not necessarily that bad. It's it's 
things that we can't control, like, like her sense of humor with them, in my opinion, is abusive. Like she calls them a failure and thinks that's funny. And, you know, if they don't perform well at soccer, she's like the mom that's the loudest one they are going, you're not getting any dinner tonight. And it's just like, they know they missed the goal. They, you know, like, but, but, they know these things. But what can you do about that? Nothing. That's, that's so, where my struggle is. You can keep holding tighter and tighter or you can let go. How? You got to practice that. And number, the first thing you got to practice it. But before that, actually, that's the second thing. The first thing is you have to decide to let go. And my guess is grow, uh, being in love with somebody and being connected to somebody and making kids to somebody who had bipolar disorder meant you had to drive everywhere for everything because you couldn't depend on anybody but yourself. And you were every bit his mother as you were his lover. And that probably started way back when you were a little kid and the the control that kept you alive in that relationship and the control that you had to exert over your life when you were a kid is what's choking the life out of your current marriage is that fair yeah so it's a, it what we're doing is we have to say okay um justin verlander was pitching and he throws a million miles an hour so I'm going to have to swing really fast and I'm going to have to make up my decision quick as he goes into his windup. And then another pitcher is going to come up there and throw a bunch of curveballs. Greg Maddox is going to come up and pitch and he throws very slow, but he throws all like all this curve stuff. So I got to be a little more patient. It's a different, I got to approach this thing differently. And right now control for you, giving that up, letting go with that um, feels like you're going to, you're exposing yourself to more hurt. Is that fair? Yeah. And what I want you just to step back and look at the pictures. It's the control right now that's killing you. Yeah, I took your HS score and I'm a seven and my husband's a one. Yeah. So he doesn't get it. Nope. Your childhood sucked, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. He can't get it unless you talk to him about it. Have you talked to him about it? Yeah, a lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's great. So here's your practice. Over time, it's feeling your body start to try to grab control of situations that you can't control. And holding your breath for about four or five seconds as deep as you can. And exhaling and intentionally dropping your shoulders, pulling them down and opening your hands up. Saying, can't control this one. And this hurts. Here's what I can control. And we're going to go that route. And what we're going to do is just practice this. Is that something you're interested in? I don't think you believe that you're worth a peaceful life. Um, It's not that I don't believe it. It's just that uh, I just haven't experienced it. So like when my husband and I first got together I and we would have conflict, I would like feel my body tensing and like my fist in the air almost like metaphorically because I was preparing for that fight Yeah, and it never came. So I've slowly like, I don't have those kind of conflicts with him. We really never fight when we do. It is always about his ex-wife. I, I would suggest Nikki, you're always at war. Always. Yeah. He might not know he's fighting. You do. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fair. Because an ace of score of one is going to go through life pretty go lucky. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, and well, that stinks. Let's do this. Yeah. And our, I don't know if you're familiar with like Enneagram personalities. Uh-huh. Um, he's a nine. He's a peacekeeper. And okay. I'm an eight. I'm a fighter. <laughs> and so, it's always so amazing how y'all find each other. It's so good. Uh-huh. It's so good. So he has this like uncanny ability to like, let things roll off his back and I like keep score. Well, you had to, okay. You had to, um, one of the thing I, I have argued with some of the great leaders in the Enneagram world. I, I don't believe that those things are innate that we're just wired for that. I think there's a combination of wiring and, and experience you've had to fight. 
Because yeah. if you don't fight with an ACEs score of a seven, you and I aren't talking. Right. You're you're strung out somewhere, or you're you're in jail, or you're in a you're dead. Right. Right. You've had to fight. You haven't been able to recognize that the fighting that kept you alive is blowing things up right now. Here, here's the the way through it. And for somebody with an ACEs score of seven, if you haven't had trauma counseling, you're probably going to need it. Um, I recommend anybody over a four go do that. Um, but the only way through it, I mean, the only way to heal is to go directly through it. That's the only path forward. You want to do something crazy? Call his ex-wife and say, you want to go to breakfast? I've suggested that. So, and that was actually one of our arguments because early on I was like, why don't we just go to dinner and like have a sit down and kind of map this thing out with the four adults, you know, in the room. And he was like, no, 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 no. And then his ex-wife suggested it. And he's like, I think we should do this. Okay. <laughs> like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. So the way you just said that, clearly he listens to her more than you. He's still in love with her more than you. I can't, I'm just his, I'm just B team. And the way I hear that is when you suggested it, he was like, oh, honey, I'm not taking you to war. I don't want to fight. And then when she said she was into it, she, he was like, okay, maybe this would work out. But That's I, exactly what he said. <laughs> I hear that as a husband trying to protect his new wife, who's a little bit um, want, an anarchist, um, and realizing that we could we could probably make this thing happen. I don't think you should go with him the first time. I think you should go just you two, you two grown women, and you start the whole conversation with "I have completely screwed this up." Try there. And I get it. the silence is deafening right now. It's so good because I'm, I'm you're processing. like, to hell with that. I ain't saying that to that crazy. Listen, if you walked in and said, I screwed this up. I'm jealous of your marriage. I come from abuse. I was married to somebody with bipolar. So I've just been in chaotic relationships and I just started trying to control everything. And I recognize I love him. And I love those girls. And by loving him and loving those girls, that means I'm going to be a part of your life forever. And so I want to, I want to restart. If you went in with that attitude, she would probably have to pick her jaw up off the floor. And you pay for, you pay for the meal. And you also, by the way, have your shoulders down the whole time. You're just like consciously pulling them down. And you're just kind. The word for that is the, the Brene Brown special. It's vulnerable. She could roast you. She could burn a hole through you with that sort of vulnerability. She admitted it. She admitted she's the one who's been screwing up. She could. Yeah. Or y'all could get to some relational ground that y'all are never going to get to unless one of you acts like an adult and just takes a knee. And, yeah, that's kind of where I'm struggling is because. Why? What, is, what, what has worked over the last two years? Nothing. It's just getting worse. Isn't it? It is. It is. It is. So stop fighting. It's not, that's clearly not working. It's not working. If you were a doctor, you would have fired yourself because this medicine isn't working. Would you just try it and see what happens? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I definitely want more than anything to just have like inner peace yes. and stop being at conflict with yes. the whole situation. You are going to have, that's, you got to get a counselor. Here's why your body is going to have to practice peace because it's never had it. It's, it's a unicorn right now. It's like a mythological place. You've mm -hmm. never experienced it and you want it, but you don't even know what it is. You don't even know what it feels like. And you're going to have to practice it and you're going to have to get somebody to walk with you. And when those girls, when did your abuse start? You mean as a child or yep. with my marriage? As a child. It's just, it's never been from day one. Like it's never been great. Okay. You've, you're surrounded by five girls. Your body's <laughs> alarm systems are going to ring off the freaking hook, right? 
Yeah. Because it remembers yeah. that story of what happens when you're a little girl. Mm-hmm. And so your job as the adult, as the parent of five little girls, is to go do the work to heal those alarms and redirect them. Because you don't want to pass that trauma to them. You want them to be right. aware and smart and bright and able to read a room and able to keep themselves safe. All those things are good. But you can't do those things when your body's under threat because it just says, get out of here. Right. And I don't want them to feel like they have to choose. That's right. So that healing isn't something you, you tell them. It's something you do for you and they absorb it. They feel it. Right. Is that fair? Yeah. The only thing in this whole situation you can, you, the only person you can change is you. That's it. And it's just asking yourself, is this working? And you and I both, it's not. It's not. No. It's not. And so I'm just suggesting try something completely different. If you take her to breakfast and it goes, it just goes off the rails. Just off the rails. Um, you'll have learned something, right? Right. You can say, I tried that. That didn't work. <laughs> that was, that was not good. I called some podcaster and he's an idiot. I'll, Hey, I will announce to everyone who listens. Uh, Nikki called me back and said, um, she went on that breakfast and her husband's ex was it just ruined everything. It was a disaster. I, I will, I will. I'll put that out to the world. That's fair. I don't think that will happen. Maybe it will, but I don't think it will. And I'm not saying y'all are going to be best friends. You're, you're not. Y'all aren't going to be best friends. You're not going to call each other and be like, do you want to go get pedicures? You're not, that's not going to happen. Uh, I'm not going to go hang out at TJ Maxx. Do people shop Kelly at TJ Maxx? I don't know. No. Kelly's more of a Carhartt gal. <laughs> I don't know where people go shopping. I'm just saying you're not going to be shopping partners. But you are going to have to learn how to do life together. You're going to have to figure this out. And it's just being an adult. It's putting away the immediate, putting away the hard stuff for the things that are right, the things that are best long-term. Um, hang on the line here. Nikki, I'm going to send you a copy of my book. I want you to read it from start to finish. It's about dealing with trauma. It's called Own Your Past, Change Your Future. Hang on the line here. I'm going to send you a free copy. Um, please reach out to a counselor in your community and say, I'm ready. Had a rough go of it. I've got a marriage worth hanging on to now. Um, I've met a guy that's good. I've got five kids that I'm wrestling with. I've got a, um, a blended family that I'm, I've now entered into and I want to do this right. And I deserve to be well. I deserve peace. I deserve, I'm going to start there. Thank you for being brave, Nikki. I'm grateful for you. Let me know how that, that breakfast goes. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Let's go to Mark in Savannah, Georgia. What's up, Mark? Hey, Dr. John, I'm partying. How are you? <laughs> partying too. Good, good to hear it, man. <laughs> What's up? Well, hey, uh, so a couple months ago, you had an episode where a woman called in and she and her husband had bought a farm and were in the process of fixing it or just trying to make the farm life work. And I actually listened to that as we were uh, doing some work on our farm to close on it because we were in the same boat um, and kind of working on escaping from it. Um, and we're out of that now. We're in a new whole situation, new life, which is much better. Um, I guess I'm just kind of wondering how to move forward and kind of fix some of the issues that came up from all that, uh, everything we went through within that. What issues came up? So the the kind of situation was we bought this old rundown farm. The house needed fixed up. The whole property needed a lot of work. So it was just a lot of time and energy going into that. Okay, hold on. Um, so that I, means before that, did y'all have a dream? Yeah, it'd been so it'd been our dream for a long time to to have a farm and raise our kids with animals and and have it be you know a peaceful the the quiet farm life that we kind of. <laughs> <were imagining. laughs> have you ever been on a farm? <laughs> it's all have, death yes, and sex and one. poop. That's basically a farm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, that was, that was our dream going into it. Okay. How long have y'all been married? Uh, 10 years. Okay. 
So that's a long time of watching HGTV videos and YouTube videos <laughs> and like going through Zillow over and over again. Like, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. So that's you right. got this farm. You're going to fix it up. You're going to learn. You can just YouTube everything. And it just, it's a nightmare, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, here's why I'm laughing. Here's why I'm laughing. I live yeah. on a similar situation, and my wife grew up okay. that way. And so yeah. I had the luxury of being like, here's what we're going to do. And she's like, you're an idiot. That's not how that's going to work at all. And <laughs> uh, anyway, I was just on the phone with the guy. Uh, just before this call, I was on the phone uh, before the show started with the guys who came out to service my well and something yeah. in our spring. I literally have no idea what they're talking about, but I nodded and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. So good, <laughs> good for you. Okay. So disaster, you'll have this dream. You'll think about it. You plan together. You, you dream together. It's just going to be this blissful mm -hmm. thing where animals just peacefully die so you can eat them and <laughs> crops just grow themselves and it always rains. Okay. So here you are. Then what? So, yeah, we got into it. We started doing the house, which I, I had some background doing that work as well. So I wasn't quite as, as naive, I guess, maybe <laughs> as you made out to be. Well, it's not still, that. If people know how to, people know how to hang drywall and fix joists. They don't know how to do that and be married at the same time. Sure. That's the and, so on And on top of that, I, I was starting a new marketing company, which is my main job that I do. Why not? Um, why, why wouldn't we do that? That sounds fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. Good job. And we have three kids that are under seven. Absolutely. Why not? So it was just it was just everything piling on, you know, as <laughs> as you're uh, pointing out there. And I, I, as you can imagine, you know, we got to the point where we were just going to implode if we didn't change something. And and we kind of powered through all of it. Obviously, it was stressful basically from day one. And we kind of powered through. Um, I find myself I, I found myself kind of having the dynamic of I'm going to be the strong one and put on a bold face and not you know show that I'm struggling with this and my wife was kind of opposite and struggling a lot through it all and going along with it just to kind of make me happy or make, try and, you know, make the dream continue to work and whatnot. Um, but it was slowly just going to a really bad place. And we finally got to that breaking point and said, and then it was kind of more her telling me, you know, I can't continue this or I, I have to get out of the situation because everything feels so unhealthy that we got to get away from it. So good for her. We finally did. And, and, and yeah, you know, we feel so much better being away from it, but it's just, we going through all that put us in such a weird place. And I feel like now we we're almost, we, we know that there was some trauma and a lot of hurt from that. It's just hard to identify what it even is or talk about it. I feel like a lot of times it's hard for us to even just talk and we'll just watch something or look at our phones to kind of sure. build the silence. It's hard to even know, you know, where to begin thinking through all this stuff as well. So did anything happen that caused a rift? Did you cheat on her? Or no. did she, did you say something to her? Did she hit you? I mean, is there anything like, like of that nature that there's these unspoken elephants in the room that we got to address? No, nothing. I know not an unspoken thing. I, the only thing is, you know, she got to the point where she said, if we, you know, I was kind of continuing to try and build my, my new business and make the dream work. Like I said, I was kind of putting on the brave face and she was more the one kind of saying this isn't working. And she got to the point where she said, you know, if, if you're going to keep pursuing this, I have to leave and I will divorce you. Okay. And that's, I'm mean, that was kind of like, that really was the breaking point for me of saying, okay, it's either the dream or my marriage. And I'm, you know, happily going to choose my marriage. So uh, uh, hold on. are you, are you, are you yeah. happy about that choice? Yes, 100%. Okay. When a guy tells me he's putting on a brave face, what I hear in my mind is I'm leaving my wife. I am unplugging from her and I am surrounding myself in a, yeah. in a sheet of iron so that I can just plow ahead. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, she is unplugged. She's untethered. I've left her. I might sleep in her same bed. I might eat at her same table, but I have left her in pursuit of. And so what she was identifying was, you've left me. I'm just going to make it for me. Yeah. Is that fair? And yeah, most of the time, I don't think guys want to do that. I think y'all got in a dance, right? I've got to keep this thing going. She's like, I got to keep this thing going. And both of y'all were waiting for the other person to say, I'm out, right? And yeah. so she was just going to formalize it. <laughs> Often 
so here's a couple of things. When you think of trauma, you failed at a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Have you ever failed at anything before? Did you ever get an F in school or get fired from a job? Yeah, a few times. Okay. So this is, uh, uh, my boss, Dave, says, um, all success is built on a pile of failures. Mm-hmm. And so it's setting back and saying, okay, we had this dream. We were, And it's the death of a dream. It's the death of a picture of who yeah. y'all were going to be, right? Yeah. And so yeah. you have to acknowledge, you got to grieve it. Uh, here's what we wanted, and that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And until you do that, most people skip that step and then go, okay, well, then we're going to live a suburban life and do this. And you're going to find yourself with two... 2024 Tahoes that you can't afford and a big house you can't afford. And you're going to be trying to start another business and right. You're going to be running and chasing instead of saying, we both really wanted this life and it wasn't what we thought it was cracked up to be. And we both realized we don't talk as well as we thought. And we both realized, and she gets to say, here's what she realized. Here's what she learned about her husband. And you get to say, here's what I learned about my wife. And here's our new reality. We got to own that. And then we get to decide what is it going to look like next? And you're going to be tenuous to, I mean, it's going to feel awkward to build a new dream because y'all built one and it imploded on you. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. And so here's a, here's another thing. Um, You've probably heard me talk about pictures and words a lot. The reason I think reading is so powerful. And my wife is a, was a, was a literacy scholar. The reason I think reading is so important because it allows every reader to read something and they concoct the picture in their mind. And when we watch something on TV, it says it looks like that. It gives the it spoon feeds us the picture. Here's where that's important. You said we wanted this peaceful life where we were all together and you started creating sentiment behind a picture, but HGTV told you what that had to look like. Sure. And instead of that, I would rather you go back to the values, the principles, the feelings that you thought you were going to get by this, having this life and try to build that wherever you are. Mm-hmm. So we want a peaceful life. We want an off grid life. We want a, um, a, a, an accomplished life where we do things together. You see what I'm, you see what I'm getting at? You could do that yeah. in a three bedroom, two bath house in the middle of some rando suburb. Sure. You can get off the grid and get solar panels and turn your backyard and your front yard into my friend Pete did that. He just plowed up his whole front yard and planted food there. My friend yeah. Alex did that in his backyard. It's just awesome. So you mm-hmm. can create that life wherever you are, but HGTV isn't the one responsible for what that ends up looking like you and your wife are. Right. Does that make sense? And so it's going back and saying, okay, how do we rebuild this thing? Let's start with what we want this to feel like and look like, and let's go from there. Sure. Yeah, I know that, that totally makes sense. I think that's something we've kind of started looking at and discussing and yeah, trying to figure out what's at the core behind why we wanted that and how can we achieve that? So I think that definitely makes sense. Where can I be super honest with you? Yeah. I feel like you're not telling me something. What is it? She's, she, she almost walked out. Why? What was at the core of that? I think you hit it when you talked about what it means to put on a brave face. So the kind of the main issue that came up is she's just saying, I need more communication. Okay. And, and yeah, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't communicating with her because a lot of what I would tell her is, Hey, this one project didn't go as smooth as I hoped it would, or this is going to cost more money, or this is worse than we thought it was. Um, but do, I, I do, do you hear what, do you hear how that translates to my husband's lying to me? Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, that un, untethers relationships when somebody, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few things that make somebody feel unsafe when they know somebody's keeping secrets from them. Right. Cause we usually don't keep secrets of great stuff going on. Yeah. Have you sat down and said, I wasn't honest with you and I'm sorry. And I'm healing from that. I tried to hide stuff from you and I shouldn't have done that. Have y'all had that conversation? Not, I mean, not directly, you know, some of that stuff came to head and then I kind of had to say, oh, well, here's what, you know, here's how this actually, when I didn't quite tell you all of it necessarily. And, and we kind of talked through, you know, I, I told her, you know, the reason I did it was to try and, you know, save you the stress of having to worry about it. But I, I, maybe we haven't necessarily claimed it as what it was. Well, that's that. I mean, again, I I want you to hear that, how she hears it. 
um, I'm the grown up here and you're the child. I'm going to protect you from it. You, you don't worry your pretty little head. Yeah. And she's probably pretty dang smart, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she probably considers herself an equal. So he, here's where all this hits. I would love for you to sit down and write an honest letter to her. Mm-hmm. We are now, how how long has it been since you moved? Uh, three months now, I think. Okay. So we are three months out, 90 days ago. We finally got out of a mess. And we dreamed about this mess. And we dreamed about this life that we were going to have. And now that particular dream is over, period. Mm-hmm. Here's what I realized I did over that time trying to keep that dream alive. I didn't tell you the truth. I left you. I was absent. I got more focused on trying to save the business than I did trying to connect with my wife and my kids and all the things. And then I want y'all to go out and I want you to read that to her. And the end of that letter is something along the lines of, I'm ready to start building something new when you're ready. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want her to feel pressure to get up and start creating a new thing when she's still wrestling with the last time I created something, I was told I was a child and I was left in the dark and I almost lost everything. That makes sense. Yeah, that does. It's that magic. I just, just, uh, we talked about on the last call. This is vulnerability. This is you saying, I'm sorry. And I'm ready to get back in the game when you are and not pressuring her or this. I mean, you're all in a good situation right now. Job wise, home wise, all that. Yeah, we are. Yeah, absolutely. Much better. Okay. There's not a rush. Maybe mm-hmm. six months, a year of just kind of being and then discovering what comes next. Yeah. Can you wait that long? I think so. I, I think we kind of got burnt out on going for it as hard as we did. So <laughs> we're kind of at a we're kind of a point where yeah, the relaxing and, and taking it easy sounds good for a little while. Okay. And here's here's um I'm trying to think of So this will happen again. One or both of you will fail at something in the future. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to live a failure-free life. That's not a goal. That's not something I'm going – I mean, I want to minimize failure. I want to be smart about it, but it's going to happen. I'm going to do all – some baseball – I mean, some football coaches call the exact right play. The right – statistically speaking, the right – the the momentum, everything's right, and it just doesn't work. The play doesn't work. The guy falls down. Somebody doesn't Mm -hmm. guard just right. Whatever happens. You're going to fail. The goal is, okay, what can we do different next time so that we don't get caught in this dance that we end up way in debt, we end up way in a hole, we end up having to lie to each other, and one of you ends up saying, I'm out. So here's an example. I'm going to be very uh, 30,000 feet here because I want to honor my, my – I don't want to just air my dirty laundry out, but um, – yeah. My wife and I went to dinner the other night and what normally would have been a three or four month, three or four months of me like doing the silent treatment of me like, and then her responding to the silent treatment with going very introspective, trying to do, we went to dinner and like in 45 minutes, we figured it out because mm-hmm. I stopped it way up. I, I said, hey, here's how I'm feeling right now. And I'm being vulnerable putting this out on the table and it makes me feel awkward and weird because I'm a grown man from Texas. I don't like talking about this stuff, but here's how yeah. I feel right now. And she said, oh gosh, A, I'm sorry you feel like that way. B, I 100% get where you're coming from. And now let's figure out what we do next. And it literally was 45 minutes. So yeah, that's not the issues. The issues were a big deal. They were a big deal. It was the, it was the strategy and the skill set heading into that that just made it a pretty relatively uh, – um, it's going to sound super weird. It was an intimacy-forming conversation. It's yeah. one of those that you got done with it and we're like, oh, was, oh, I'm glad we did that. I'm glad we had that conversation. Yeah. Now I feel even better about our relationship instead of it being a three-month ordeal and, I, oh, she's going to leave me. All that stupid stuff. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So what are the skills y'all can walk away with? I think that's where we're heading into this thing. And maybe you, when you, in this letter, you tell her, I'm going to commit from this point forward. I will never keep a secret from you again. I will always commit to telling you when things are great. And I will commit to telling you when things are tough. I'll also commit to listening. And I'll always commit to keeping you informed. Here's what it's going to look like. I would propose once a week, we're going to have a budget meeting and a calendar meeting and a check-in. How are you doing? How are things going? And ask her, what would be a good gift to you in this season? And by the way, those gifts will change. The seasons will change. But right now, 
what is, what's the best way we could plug back in and let her speak into it and commit not to doing your own thing to fix it, but to listening to her and helping meet her needs as y'all figure this thing out moving forward. Um, congratulations. I'm proud of you, man. Y'all went for it. You got in the ring and you saw the biggest dude there and you swung as hard as you could. You just, <laughs> he just hit you back, right? And that happens. That's life. I've got a, uh, man, I've got a trail of failures in my life. Um, that's part of it. It's part of it. And you got a wife that's smart enough and loves you enough to say, to turn all the lights on, turn the music off and say, what are we doing? Because I'm about to leave this party. You are lucky. You married well, my friend. Um, now it's just a fun question of what do we do now? Can't wait to hear what y'all do. We'll be right back. One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest? Maybe it's a deep secret that you've never told anyone, or maybe it's something that happened to you, or maybe it's something you've done and you're deeply ashamed about it. You're worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption in every part of your life. All of us, every single one of us have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this always, secrets will kill you. But it's often so hard to know where to start or even how to say these things. Therapy is a safe and effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get these heavy things off my chest and figure out what to do next. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time, and it doesn't cost any extra money. Listen, it's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we are back, and uh, it's time for, drum roll please, a uh, lightning round. Another li- <laughs> Look at that. Way to go. Way to go, Ben, with the jamming tunes. Uh, it's lightning round. Y'all loved it the last time we did it, so we're doing it again. As a reminder, Kelly cuts me off. Do I get a minute? Roughly. Roughly, until Kelly gets tired of listening to me. And I have no idea, zero. I've got no idea what these questions are, where they're coming from. Who's asking, Jenna or Kelly? Me. Okay, and they're about what? These are all about relationships. Thematically? Yes. Ugh. Are you going to ask me about what happens when a producer takes over a show and they're just mean? Are you going to ask me that question? No, I know how that relationship ends. Yeah, I don't know how to, I don't know how to handle that. I wouldn't be good. No, these are all pretty much about marital relationships, marital dating, that kind of thing. Okay. You got- That's all I'm giving you. <laughs> and I wish y'all could see. She's got a smile on her face because she knows she's going to lob grenades in here and I can't do anything about it. And I only get a minute and I talk too long anyway. Okay, let's do this. I'm ready. All right. Question one. What advice would you give to a young single male looking for a relationship? Make yourself the best version of you you can be. Quit trying to figure out, find other people to make you feel good about yourself. Go exercise. Go get a great job. Go get a couple of mentors. Go do big things. Go out swinging. Go join an MMA gym. Go do stuff. Go join a violin class or a guitar class or a salsa dancing or a knitting class. I don't care what you do. Go make yourself the best version of you you can be so that when you run into somebody, they don't look at you as a project. They look at you as a yes, please. Look at you. 30 seconds left. Nice. Really? Yeah. That's the first so time I've ever, ever. All right, next question. Is that a good answer? What do you that think about great. that? Actually, I think that was fantastic. Worry about you, not about getting in the relationship. I think that's a fantastic answer. Yes. All right, what do you do when one spouse is ready to have kids or adopt and the other isn't? <sighs> Leave them. Divorce, probably. <laughs> I'm just that's kidding. the only way. That's the only way. And that's the last time we do that. <laughs> no, don't do that. Okay, what's the question again? What do you do when one spouse is ready to leave or to have kids or adopt and the other one isn't? I think the decision to have kids or not have kids is one of the core challenges um, that all relationships, all marriage relationships face. And I think it's getting to the core of that um, underneath it. I'm put on earth to be a mom. I really want to be a dad. 
Um, my life isn't full without what is, what are you afraid of? I think getting to those things and really being very, very specific. What are the core fears? One of one of you who doesn't want to have kids, what are the core fears? What are the core pros? Like, here's what I really want to have children and getting to the core of that stuff. And then at some point, and it sounds awful, you got to negotiate. Let's I need six months and let's figure it out. All right. What are y'all doing back there? Ben just really wanted to do that. It's the timers. All right. How do you, the next question, how do you fight fair in relationships? Here's my rule for fighting. Um, you don't fight when you're mad and you don't fight in the heat of, you have, I don't even, honestly, I'm going to be, I don't like the word fighting. Um, there's passionate disagreements. I just fighting. I fight when I'm trying to protect somebody. Um, I'm, I fight when it, with the intention of hurting somebody. And that's not how you engage in relationship disagreements. So my rule is I don't fight when I'm mad. I don't disagree when I'm mad. I walk away. I literally walk away. Sometimes it's for 30 minutes. Sometimes it's for 30 days. I'm not ready to have this conversation yet. I will come back and I'll be plugged in. Um, and then when I come back in, I'm very specific. I don't use words like, um, oh, I'm very eye-centric. I feel I'm experiencing not you did. And it's all about here's what I'm bringing to the table. And then I ask my wife to bring that back. Is that fair? That's great. Okay. Awesome. You fight when you're mad. I am learning not to. Really? Yeah. Way to go. Because I'm, I'm, as my husband lovingly calls me, a bit of a bulldozer. <laughs> I've never experienced that. Yeah. And so I just I'm lied learning, to you, America. But he needs to walk away, and I usually am, you know, chase right after him. But I am learning to <laughs> let him walk away. We'll talk, think about it, and then come back. And it's always more productive. Okay. Can I ask you this question? Sure. I have heard it said that when somebody has the maturity to walk away, sometimes they say, this isn't a good conversation. That that in and of itself is like dumping gasoline on a fire. Like, oh, you're Mr. Mature, and it just makes it worse. It can be. Definitely, if 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 in my case where I'm like, oh, okay, well, you don't want to talk about this, you know, blah, blah. But it to me, that was clear that I needed to do more work than on me because that person probably – and you know later, you're like, yeah, that was the mature yeah. choice. So it was, no, I need to back up. I'm willing to be wrong here. I don't – I. I just don't have an experience in my life where fighting with somebody I love solved anything. No, no, it, it doesn't. Because things you don't want to say come out and Yeah. Yeah, you know, accusations and this that and the other so it never works. <laughs> it never accusations. works. Well. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. All right, cool. This is not from me. This is somebody else, but Sh I'm just going to read the question. Sure. <laughs> Seriously. 100% from Tell me about your marriage, Kelly. No, my dad cheated on my mom multiple times, and now I'm married. I'm afraid my husband will cheat on me. Can you chief, cheat proof a marriage? <sighs> Can you cheat proof a marriage? I don't know that that's the goal. Um, the goal is to love deeply. If you play a game to not lose, you're going to play timid. You're going to. Um, uh, you're going to be constricted. I want to play the game to win. So, um, number one, her body is going to to think he's going to cheat, and that's okay. What she's got to do is is be open about that and be honest about it and say, hey, in this season when I'm learning how to trust and not just learning intellectually but learning like my body, learning how to trust you, um, here's what I need. And he's got to understand where she came from, where her, what the the world she comes from, and say, okay, I love you enough that I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit further than it makes sense. Even you can look at my texts, you can check out my Netflix account. I don't care. I'm a wide open book. I'm going to be a part of teaching her body that she's safe. And man, have a regular check in. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other, and make it your life's mission to meet the other person's needs. And if they make it their life mission, man. It's really tough. You're done. To go find love somewhere else. You don't need to. All right. Near, near. <laughs> what was that sound? Oh, I got to tell you that near, near story is pretty funny. Okay. It's not for today, but it's awesome. How do you keep DIY home projects from taking over your marriage? Oh, geez. Don't ever do them. Don't do them. Just stop. You know how many unfinished projects are at my house? 158. They're everywhere. They're the worst. A, don't. Don't. B, if you're going to, have a clear budget 
a clear, I'm starting this, I'm going to finish it when a timeline, have enough people that can help you get this thing started and finish it. And you cannot start any new project until this one's finished, period. End of story. And this is the pot talking to the kettle. This is the single most hypocritical thing I've ever said on the show. Don't start anything until it's the other thing's finished. And if you're like, I, but I got to do this. Cool. Sucks to be you. You got to finish the other thing first. That's just the way that's got to be. And you can't pull up all the hardwood floors and then be like, I think I'm going to build a garden. And then get halfway through the garden and be like, you know what? I need a pool. And just start shoveling in the backyard. You can't do it. Can't do it. That may, may be my favorite thing you've ever said because you just discussed my husband. You just, yeah. If you haven't got this, by the way, America, this is just the Kelly asks questions about her, her marriage. <laughs> the amount of unfinished projects. <laughs> Anywho. Does he consider you an unfinished project? Probably. <laughs> he's working. He's working hard. I don't know if it's going anywhere, though. All right. So <laughs> how do you know when a relationship is worth fighting for? Um... You make the choice to keep fighting for it. Um, when two, when you you and the other person are both all in. If one person is partly in and the other person's all in, it's not going to work. Um, when you are doing things because you need this, you're codependent. Um, when somebody is an addict and they are trying to keep themselves alive over here with unhealthy behaviors and you're tagging along, it's not going to work. So... It's worth fighting for when both of you say, and not just say, but both do, I'm, I'm all in. I've got to learn new stuff and it's going to take a long time. I got to learn how to trust again. I got to learn how to fill in the blank. I got to learn how to handle money. I got to learn how to not lie. I got to learn how to not drink when I get upset or not overeat when I get upset. I got to learn new things, but I promise I'm all in if you are. Awesome. All right. Next question. How do you maintain intimacy when you have small kids at home? You don't. <laughs> you don't. If you have two kids, five and under, it's a sex-free zone for a long time. Just kidding. It's not. Um, here's how you, uh, number one, you have to do the seemingly unsexy thing, but it's absolutely not, is you have to plan intimacy. And intimacy, by the way, isn't just doing it. Intimacy is also, we're just, I want you to sit by me and hold me while we watch a show. I want to hold hands under the covers and fall asleep together while we're watching The Office. Um, intimacy is, I just want to sit on the front porch and have coffee together. Intimacy might be bananas wild sex with all your weird fantasy. That's fine. Let's figure this thing out. I'll get off the rails tonight. Like whatever that looks like. But you, here's the key. You got to be intentional about it. And you got to map it out. And you have to talk. And so guys, if you're like, I lost my wife. Shut up. You're fine. But speak out loud. And ladies, if, if women, if you're like, intimacy means something different to me in this season. Um, I don't like all these people pawing all over, whatever that. Great. Speak it out loud and then be very clear about what comes next awesome all right my husband has been hinting that he might like to go to therapy should i encourage him yes yes um i will tell you my wife has quote unquote encouraged me um there's been a couple of times in our 20-year marriage that she reached out to my friends and said john's not okay and these aren't just buddies that i work with these are guys that are um as close as brothers. Um, and so she's reached out to a few guys in my life um, over the years and they've reached out and said, Hey, you're not doing all right. Um, what do you, what do you, what actions are you going to take? And um, they've been strongly encouraging now, right now we're in, I'm in a season in my marriage with my wife. Actually, she told me the other day, I think you need to call that guy. And she's right. I need to call that guy. So um, now we're in a season where she just encourages me and I can hear it. There was seasons when I couldn't hear it. And if she had told me to go to counseling, I would have blown up and been like, you need to go to counseling. You're the crazy person. And so it just, yes, absolutely. You should encourage him, but encourage him in a way that he can hear it. Not in a way that makes you feel better or feel like I said, so that's not, that's not helpful. Um, I am, I have not been invited or included by the wives of my husband's friend group. How do I handle that? I don't know. Are you weird? This is a question to you, Kelly, because I know you just asked that question. <laughs> uh, 
Um, here's how you handle it. Um, you got rejected or you're getting rejected. You're in the act of getting rejection. One of the hardest things for married couples, especially newly married couples, is the expectation that you're just going to be friends with their friend's spouse. And that works for a season, for a short season. Occasionally, you get to be pretty tight. But most of the time, you have to, over time, develop couple friends, new people that you hang out with and do life with. So if you realize that your husband has some guy friends and their wives are all buddy-buddy and they don't like you, that stinks. It hurts. It's a knife in your soul. And more importantly, it's a knife in the picture of, we're just going to keep this party going. We are in college together and then we all get married and now we're going to have kids together. We're all going to play Little League together. They're not. I know I'm still talking. They're not going to do that. You're going to have to create new um, community and new friends. So you're going to have to be honest with your husband. And he's going to be like, no, it's not true. I don't, they like you. They just, uh, you have to be honest about it. And you've got to do the hard work of finding other couple friends and going out with them. And that stinks. And it's not fun. It's the worst thing in the world is being an adult making friends, especially couple friends. God help us. But they are out there and it's awesome. It just take some work. Can I add to that? Of course. Um, also, because I have my group of girlfriends and then most of the husbands are friends as well because we all met working in the same industry. And my husband is not a very social person. He's more of an introvert. And so he has expressed that same thing at times. And I said, well, the first few times they asked you to do anything, you didn't. Mm -hmm. So they quit asking. So at some point you may have to reach out and say, hey, you want to go grab coffee? Or yes. So you may have to reach out individually or with a couple of them. Also, and that's a good point. It may be instead of doing like a couple's thing, you reach out and ask those wives, hey, let's all go out. And yeah. I got three tickets to the thing, the X, Y, Z. Um, let's all go. And you just foot the bill. Let's all take, let's take them out. Let's go do this. But that's a great idea. All right. Last one. Hold on. You're smiling before you even ask this. <laughs> I can see this. I don't know what's coming. I think this is a good question that a lot of couples have. And by a lot, you mean you and your husband. Go ahead. How many times a week should a couple have sex? Ugh, 10, 11. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, you're welcome, gentlemen. You're welcome. Um, man, that, okay. So I get that question a lot. How often should a couple have sex? It, it's a couple different things. Number one, um, some people, the barometer for connectivity in their relationship is sex. That is, that brings peace to their body physiologically. That grounds them. Um, for some people it's recreation. For some people it is, um, it's a way to unplug and it's like watching Lord of the Rings. I can go be somebody else, do something else over here. We can become a different couple over here because over here I wear a suit and I go to work and I'm a dork and I'm a mom, I'm a dad over here. I can whoo, get off the rails. So sex means different things, to different people. And there's different seasons in some seasons. I'm writing a book and I'm really busy in other seasons, man, things are just cooking in other seasons. We have a two-year-old and a five-year-old and then I'm pregnant. So Here's the thing. How many times should you have sex? As many times as both of you can honestly and fully um, commit to one another to doing it over the course of one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Um, I think kind of like weighing yourself uh, every day, it's not, it's not really a helpful metric. Over time, a trend is helpful. So if you get to the end of a week and you're like, we only did it once this week, we're falling apart. You're not. If you get to the end of three months and we've had sex two or three times and man, I really am missing my wife or I'm really missing my husband. What's going on? That is a trend, right? Let's have that conversation. But um, I think it's what both people agree on. It's just that Kelly, most people agree on it. They lie to each other. I'm cool. I'm fine. Or no, no, it's good. Be honest about your needs and figure it out that way is that is that sound fair yeah i think that's great okay because i don't think there's a there's not a numerical answer it's there's different not. for everybody every and couple. i actually um there is like a statistically most couples have sex this often i'm actually don't give that out because i every couple's different and every couple has different is in a different season the same as people are like what um what what foods should you eat man that's a it depends on what your goals are and what you're doing. It's got so many factors to it. So similar to that question. The key is be honest and intentional about it. There we go. You survived it. That was nice it. Work. That was it. I nice like job. those. Those are fun. Thanks for setting that up. 
Thanks for doing it. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, we are back. Thanks for joining us today on the Dr. John Deloney Show. Um, Again, if you want to be on the show, reach out to us. You can email us at johndeloney.com slash ask. And don't forget to pick up Own Your Past, Change Your Future, uh, number one best-selling book. Uh, It's good. I'm proud of it. Pick it up. Uh, Give it a shot. All right, um, today's song of the day is from the great Elton John. And the song is Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. It's getting late. Have you seen my mates? Ma, tell me when the boys get here. It's 7 o'clock and I want to rock. Want to get a belly full of beer? Ooh, this sounds like a song Kelly wrote. My old man's drunker than a barrel full of monkeys. And my old lady, she don't care. My sister looks cute in her braces and boots. I got a handful of grease in her hair. Yeah, right. (laughs) Don't give us none of your aggravation. We had it with your discipline. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get a little action in. Get about as oiled as a diesel train. Gonna set this dance alight, because Saturday night's the night I like. Saturday nights. All right, all right, all right. We'll see you soon.